Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Catch those springtime vibes all over Arizona. Break out of the winter blues by hitting the water at one of our lake and river parks. Take a hike among the wildflowers. Just make sure to stay on the trails and leave the flowers for the bees. Discover Arizona's best kept secret and visit azstateparks.com slash amazing to start your springtime adventure. What's up, you guys? Sean Ross Sapp here for the Fightful Wrestling Podcast, March 6th edition. And I want all of you internet errand boys to take a look at what a real wrestling podcaster looks like. Alex Pawlowski. Rick Rude's in the Hall of Fame. What do you think about it? I think it's great. Uh, Being a a fat, out-of-shape sweat hog, (laughs) um, you know, uh, he was always a heel to me and and my ilk, but uh, I always appreciated him for uh, what he could do in the ring. Uh, I love that guy, actually. He uh, Anybody who heals by airbrushing a dude's wife on his crotch Ooh. of his tights, that guy knows how to heal. And um, I've always really loved him for that. Great addition to the WWE Hall of Fame, in my opinion. Uh, a programming note here, guys. Of course, we're doing the SmackDown show tomorrow night. Looks like the Jimmy Van show will either be filmed or run live tomorrow as well. Matt Riddle will be on Friday. So I'll move Shane to Thursday, register for free access to those shows. Uh, No credit card required, anything like that over at Fightful.com to get early access to those Shane Helms and Matt Riddle shows. And, of course, we have our UFC 209 coverage on uh, YouTube, iTunes, Stitcher, as well as WWE Fastlane, our most watched live video so far. Somebody asked me, how many Yaboy shirts have you sold? I revealed on the Riddle broadcast last week that I've already sold well over a million. So, well over a million is the answer. And well over. You know what, guys? Well over. That's just me being polite and rounding to the, the, the lowest million. Yeah. And, guys, if you all want one, too, look at that beauty. Oh my God! If you you don't need to be the king of soft style, you can be a god of soft style over at prowrestlingtees.com slash Sean Ross Sapp. A damn, a damn. We have Monday Night Raw to talk about. I thought this was a, a damn good show, Alex. This was a lot of fun. There were a couple of really pointless segments, and other other than that, I had I had a hoot. It was a hoot. I didn't have a hoot. It was a hoot. You covered it. How did it feel to you? 
uh, it was really, really, really good. Uh, a lot of it was really, really good. The first hour was outstanding. There were always, in an episode of Raw for three hours, there are things that I'm going to find fault with it. Uh, but overall, up until the last segment, I really, really loved this Raw. On the whole. Up um, until the last segment? Up until the last segment. And oh, then, damn. And then, you know, I'm waiting to see what they do with this. But what is I'm this? a little. That's what, the trigger. What, is, oh, is that That's what that trigger. is? It's a trigger. I'm it's a triggered. trigger. Uh, not triggered. Just uh, as you said yesterday, cautiously optimistic. But uh, I'm probably a little bit more cautious than I am optimistic at this point at, about about the Braun Strowman path after tonight. So I had I had a guy actually at the corner store who who checks us out, who the clerk or whatever. He was like, what'd you think of Fastlane? And I was like, ugh. And that's what he said. He was like, can't wait for SmackDown Tuesday. <laughs> I, I did some looking. 2011 is the last time that a part-timer or short-time wrestler hasn't been in the main event of WrestleMania. Yeah, it's been a 2011, while. and The Rock was involved in that one. Yeah. And the year before that was The Undertaker and Shawn Michaels. I think both of them were part-time by then. I can't remember if Undertaker was or not. The crowd was trying to put themselves over so hard tonight. Well, it's Chicago. You know, like it's they're a yeah. smart crowd, and they, especially with their love for, for punk, they're always going to try. much smart about talk. that. Yeah. They're much smart about that. Uh, the guy left. He doesn't want to wrestle. If, right. if you think something sucks, why not chant? This shit sucks. Yeah. But it wasn't that. They were chanting it at Goldberg. They were chanting it at Neville and Swan. Yep. They were chanting it at Foley, Stephanie, yep. anybody who could yep. hear it. I'll not get into that. Chris Jericho's back on Raw. He is indeed. That was fun. That was a fun segment. Damn, what, what an opening segment this was. He admitted he was hurt from the, the Owens attack during the Festival of Friendship. Owens comes out and says that Jericho was never his best friend. He was a pawn. He was a tool. And he was one that Kevin Owens really needed and that Chris Jericho did it well. He, he put over Chris Jericho a lot in this, in, in saying that he was a tool that he used because he said, I had to have a guy that knew how to get it done, who had been there before, who knew what to do, and said that accepting the match with Goldberg was the final straw. And Chris Jericho busted out a new catchphrase, the friends of Jericho, and damn, that's going to get over. Yep. That is going to get over. Cheer me Owens. on, man. Oh, it's going to be, it's going to be, yeah, it's over. It's already over. Yep. Kevin Owens says that he gets a rematch whenever he wants at the Universal title, but he wants to take something from Chris Jericho, and that's his title. That's tied was up a lot of loose ends, such I thought. A- a clever way to make sure Goldberg doesn't have to wrestle Kevin Owens is to have Kevin yeah. Owens say, I don't want it anymore. Uh, I want, I want what you got, which is fine. That's great. But it was also a blatant way of making sure that, you know, Goldberg doesn't have to face anybody until he faces Brock. And Kevin Owens shouldn't want to face Brock Lesnar again. Not after a 20 second. Go- oh, Goldberg, Goldberg. Actually, no, whatever. What I, what I, uh, what I Goldberg, loved, what I loved about it was that he said I had, I had him scouted perfectly and had you not shown up, Chris Jericho, I believe I would have beaten him. Yeah. And, I mean, that's what, he, that's what he should believe. And, honestly, there's no reason for me to doubt that. Had there not been that, that distraction right there, there's no way uh, Goldberg is going to spear him from two feet away 
which is where he was when he called for the bell. You know what I mean? Let's actually lock up and see what happens, old man. That would have been fun. I like that. You know? And so that's what he should be doing. What we got to the today from Kevin Owens, if if losing to Goldberg in 22 seconds gives us this Kevin Owens, then count me in. Yeah, I mean, I don't think uh, losing to a Bill Goldberg hurts Kevin Owens by any stretch, especially a distraction like that. I do like that line of thinking. Like, he was ready to lock up with Goldberg. That's that's a facet that I hadn't even considered yet. This was great stuff from Kevin Owens and Chris Jericho. Uh, they brawl because Owens doesn't want to wait to beat him up either. Samoa Joe comes out. Sami Zayn makes the save. This is going to make for a really awesome tag team match on Raw here in a week or two. Yeah. Uh, the fat guy faction is a real thing. We've got it. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, Rusev can put on some few, a few pounds while he's taking a couple of weeks off. He says he's going to stop working out. That's what he, he came out and said. He tweeted, he's not going to work out for 30 yeah. days. Yeah. That guy he doesn't give a shit. He's going to rest. It says that in Bulgaria, it's the rest that makes that makes the man. If you've been Jesus. working all the time, you, you, you take some time off. And he says he's going to take some time off, and I hope he gains 15 pounds and joins the fat guy faction. It would be great. European heat is great. I love that guy. I love that guy. Kevin Owens defeated Sami Zayn, and he did it pretty quickly. And, you know, I'm not bothered by this either. There are going to be a lot of people that are like, ah, oh, Sami Zayn, losing everything. They're going to wrestle a billion more times. I'll be interested every time because they are the never-ending feud of this generation, and I'm okay with it. And so will Sasha, Bailey, Becky, and Charlotte, any iteration of them throughout the draft. They'll be the same way. But on the male side, this is pretty good. I love that pump handle neck breaker over the knee that Owen says. That was gross. Yeah. Gross. What'd you yeah. think of this short match? I, I, I loved it. I love the story it told that Sammy was pissed. Uh, he got the upper hand to begin with. Uh, he had his little, you know, Tope Cone hero. And then Owens caught him with a pop-up powerbomb. And that's all he, that's, he had him right there. And he said, ah, but I'm not done with you yet. I love his somersault guillotine leg drop to the back of the neck. I love that move when he pulls that out, the pup ankle neck breaker. And then another, for good measure, pop-up powerbomb. And then I'm going to pin you. That's the guy that I've always wanted. If if you had if they had booked champ Kevin Owens like this, even for just a month, think about how different his reign would have been and how you know we wouldn't have needed him to like be a coward and, and run away from all the fights. You know, this this guy doesn't need Kevin uh, Chris Jericho to back him up. This guy just does it on on his own. And, and I and I like that a lot. We'll see where it goes from here, but I'm all for murderous Kevin Owens. We get this cruiserweight championship match. I love that Austin Aries explained that Rich Swan made a really great choice by by picking to take this after Neville had a grueling match the night before. That is awesome. I love little things like that. Like when I hear somebody put over or trash an announcer, like if they do the little things, a guy that's underrated, the Pope. If you ever watched Impact, he tells like little little things like Somebody to go, why do they wear street clothes in a street fight? And the Pope will just chime in and say, do you know how much gear costs? You don't want to get that ripped on barbed wire. You don't want to get that ripped on anything. Little things like that matter to me for a color commentator. You're there to add color, not just be an annoying, obvious prick. Austin Aries does both of those, though. He, yes. he is an annoying prick at times. 
there yeah. are more adults chanting CM Punk, and I figured it out. I know why they're still doing it. Tell I me. know why. Tell me. He uses on it. <laughs> and all these people, they know it, and they love him, and they know that <laughs> he is the greatest thing in history, and they, they want it. They want to be him. But let me, let me tell you, Chicago, the closest you'll be to CM Punk as he's – he, he moved to Milwaukee. Alex is closer to him than you are right now, Chicago, right. just so you know. The closest you're going to get is going to Fightful.com and clicking that beautiful on it link. Get yourself some new mood. Get that sleep cycle straight before you go to the wrestling event. Take that alpha brain so you don't act like such a dolt at shows. Get that T-plus so you can go work out yourself. Maybe you can get in the ring. You can do all the CM Punk's cool little moves. That's what you can do. You can get those kettlebells, those zombie kettlebells, those gorilla kettlebells. You can wear those awesome on it bamboo shirts. Oh, they're so soft. Probably not as soft as my shirts, but that remains to be seen. Go over to Fightful.com, click that on it link. We'll have a new way to uh, support that uh, venture very soon. This match was awesome. This Neville Rich Swan match, fourteen minutes of fun. Yep. Um, let's let's really break it down here and talk about what Neville has done for the cruiserweight well, division. Like well, he's well, what what he first did was he got a guy in a hilarious Rick Steiner outfit in the crowd on TV <laughs> because they brawled next to it, and this guy had the earmuffs and the jacket and the mustache. I don't usually like fans putting themselves over. Not a, not a giant fan of cosplay. If you want to do it, sure. This guy is the man. No, but if you're going to do it, don't do it like uh, dressing up like Finn Balor is the Demon King, like the guy in the front row at Fastlane last night. Actually, you know, t- take a deep cut. Go back into like WCW, 1992. Mike Rotunda. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Go, go deep with it. Listen, um, Neville has, has energized the – the cruiserweight division so much since he's like, that was it. That was the catalyst for he's never, he hasn't had a bad match since he's been back. He's carrying all these, every guy who steps in the ring with him steps up their game because they know it's a different kind of guy they're facing. It's a guy who was facing 300 pounders before he decided to take a step down and be the king of the smaller pond. Um, He had an amazing match last night against Gallagher. He had an amazing match tonight against Swan. Um, Completely different kinds of matches, both brutal. Um, really, really loved everything they're doing with that. And now, after the match, we get a new addition to the 205 Live crew. And uh, 205 Live just got lit. This is going to be great. I want to know who's agenting this, these matches because <laughs> they're approving some pretty sick shit in these, like these headfirst things to the apron that, oh, that Rich Swan I thought took. Swan was dead. That he did that did not look good, man. He lawn darted into that. I'm starting yeah. to wonder how much how much restriction they have. Uh Swan hit a Falcon Arrow, which is one of wrestling's great underrated moves. By the way, guys, I release these podcast notes every morning after uh Raw and SmackDown, eight AM. Go check it out at Fightful.com. All your news, reviews, results, photos, videos, yada yada. <laughs> Like, this is already, like, like halfway through it, I was like, this is the best Cruiserweight match I've seen on Raw. Mm-hmm. Without a doubt. I, I don't think I've seen anything better. The detriment of 205 Live is that they have to put a lot of the important angles on there. So yep. Raw gets a lot of the unimportant stuff. Yeah. That's a bummer. 
Uh, Neville wins with the Rings of Saturn after uh, after Rich Swan misses a Phoenix Splash, which he's making look really pretty. Austin Aries interviews Neville, and this could not have went any better for the WWE because as he interviews Neville, the crowd starts chanting Austin Aries. Oh, yeah. Austin Aries. And you, I don't know if you can really predict that, but it worked out. And Neville's saying that there's nobody on his level, and Austin Aries is sitting there looking like, hey, bro, hey. And the crowd's still chanting for him. Neville runs down Aries for being an announcer and even thinking he's on his level. It really seemed like in the ring, they were like, let's stretch this out. And it worked. Yeah. It was real good. It, it, the chant was so perfect, I started to wonder if they had plants in the audience to start the chant. Because it was so perfectly done, so perfectly timed, it, it, it added so much to that segment of, of the crowd insisting on cheering for Austin Aries, chanting his name. Because they knew what was coming. They knew what we, we were building towards. And, uh, and it was great. Neville saying, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to re-break your orbital socket. And then... Austin Aries takes off the sunglasses for the first time since we've seen him on Raw. That was a big, really cool reveal. He says, why don't you go back to your little desk, commentator? And that was, that was great stuff. It was all great. Uh, and, and Austin Aries doing I got one more question. Well, it's not really a question. More like a statement. That was excellent. And, and now I can't wait to see what happens uh, in the next month leading up to uh, – Mania. Is it going to be a one-on-one thing? If it is, I can't think of two better guys to do it. But they could also include a couple extra dudes, make it a multi-man match. Uh, but yeah, I'm, this is I'm a one-on-one. This is a one-on-one. I'm cool with that. But maybe do a little, like, maybe a little ladder match with the rest of the guys. That would be fun, too. It would too. be kind of cool to have, like, okay, it's, so it's, it's Aries versus Neville in a one-on-one match for the championship. And on the pre-show, it's like eight dudes for the number one contendership in a ladder match. Yeah, you know? if, it, if it was a little harder to get number one contendership, I'd be down with that. But even I know they won't do a money in the bank, but if they did that right. for the cruiserweight, maybe that'll help get the cruiserweights over a little bit, yeah. having that aura of unpredictability. Yeah. This was this was just really, really good. Enzo and Cass run into Shazaro backstage. Enzo and Cass have a rematch tonight. As I mentioned to you uh, when you asked why this happened, the finish of last night kind of constituted it. Yeah. I mean, it did. No, I understand, but I, what I'm saying is that that I would be fine with that if the champions lost in that fa- fashion, and then they get a rematch. Obviously, but when like the way that other teams have lost as challengers to both the New Day when the New Day were heels and Gallows and Anderson, and even Samish and Cesaro, when when a, when a, when the the challengers lose, they don't get a rematch, no matter how bad the finish is. Why That's is true. this one happening? When it really was just Gallows being smart. And I hated the fact that Enzo comes out and says, if they hadn't done that, we would have won that match. We had it in the bag. No, you didn't, dude. You're being tossed all around the ring. You're a, you're a sack of potatoes with a bad haircut in overalls. You, like, don't come out and say you had the match won because you didn't. You know, Even if they had called that thing with your foot on the ropes, you probably would have lost eventually. There is precedent like in the, in the shoot fighting world uh... – Shogun Hua should have beaten Leoto Machida. They ran that back immediately. Uh, Tyron Woodley, Stephen Thompson just had the, one of the most boring fights in championship history after a draw. There is precedent for that, but Enzo and Cass ain't Shogun Hua. <laughs> I'll tell you what I'll never say to you, Alex. I promise you I will never say to you, you better get in my office if you want to have a nice day. <laughs> Sir! 
<laughs> Excuse me, sir. <laughs> uh, Stephanie, I, I don't think that one played out the way that they wrote it down. Nope. And here's the thing. Whatever happened in that office has not did not materialize during the the thing. Like, because it was a completely separate thing that happened later in the night uh, involving the women's championship. I, I don't know what happened in. Maybe, maybe they actually did it. Maybe it was like this thing that you know she's having an affair with Mick Foley. I don't know. But whatever oh, happened Jesus. in that in that office, they could run back Triple H and Mick Foley. They could do do something. He's got to get written off somehow. Yeah, it's true. I mean, hey. They could do that if you want to really add some heat on Mick Foley or add some heat on Triple H before WrestleMania. Yeah. I haven't beat the shit out of Mick Foley with a sledgehammer. There's there's the the popular uh, fantasy booking that that uh, Stephanie and Seth Rollins were having an affair at some point, and that's yeah. what they're getting, like. No, 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 no. It's it's Steph and Mick Foley. That's what it is. They call that fan fiction. Yeah. Fan fiction. Goldberg celebration. He didn't ram his head into a locker, so we're off to a pretty good start. Nope. <laughs> Lots of booze for Goldberg. We haven't heard a whole lot of that yet. No, but Chicago. Yet. But Chicago will do that to you. Yeah. As Brandon Howard said, Chicago's a heel town. Pay-per-view yeah. cities are heel towns. Yeah. TV cities are heel towns. Yeah. We're a heel society. Yes, that's right. Did you uh before Heyman came out, did you catch the thing that Goldberg said? I'm going to make an announcement. It's something I haven't made public yet. And then Heyman shows up. No. What do you he think did. that is? Go back, go back and go back and watch it. That's what he says. And then the CM Punk chants start and he goes, yeah, I hear that. And then Heyman comes out. So Heyman might've jumped the gun because they wanted to get rid of the, the punk things. So they didn't think Goldberg was going to do well with it. But to me, I felt like Goldberg was leaving the door open to be like, so this is uh, whatever happens at Mania. It's going to be my last match. Yeah, I feel like that's they, they, they should. They should. They should stretch that out for another show. That should be another show. Yeah, that should they should stretch it out. Like, this is the whole thing. So to me, I mean, this guy, he I, I, I don't know what's wrong with him, but he sweats constantly so much. So they could they could kayfabe it up and say he's got something wrong with him. But in the, and they said, you could have one more match. The doctors told me I'm going to have one more match. Damn it. I'm going to go out on top. And hey, you know what? If that's the case, that's awesome. Because then I believe there's a chance that Goldberg might win that thing at Mania, and then they'll have a tournament to, to crown the new champion. Oh, God damn. There's no way, right? Yeah, sure. They could vacate it. Honestly, oh. I would be much, much better with a vacated championship that then can be competed with for by all the other full-timers than putting the belt on Brock and having him build up a match with Roman Reigns for six months. You know? Oh, man, I hope that doesn't happen. Uh, but that should be saved for another show. Him announcing that and for his character, him saying, I don't want a damn rematch. I wanted one more run. Mm-hmm. Win or lose, this is it. But I think that kind of telegraphs the finish. But you never know. We thought The Rock versus John Cena 1 was telegraphed too. Yeah. And it wasn't. Heyman interrupts, says he's not alone, brings out Lesnar. I thought this was a very clever way from a storyline perspective to set up the F5 from a guy who's got his ass kicked repeatedly mm-hmm. quickly because Heyman walks behind Bill Goldberg and says that everybody will say, there's Bill Goldberg, yeah. Brock Lesnar's bitch. And, Le- and Goldberg's like, huh? <laughs> Do what? <laughs> and then without letting go of the belt. <laughs> I know it was a crazy. 
Lesnar picks him up and F5s him, and Goldberg doesn't let go of the belt until like the very last second. Yep. And, and then when he's getting up, he grabs it as he's crawling <laughs> up. <laughs> oh, uh, yeah. This is good stuff. This is good stuff. They're keeping the Brock Lesnar or the, the Goldberg talking points very short, as they should. Yep. They're putting him in some exciting little segments. I think that if they're going to do this with, with Goldberg – Sure. Now, here's my thing. Here's my issue. People are like, well, Goldberg's over. He's over. Hell yeah, he's over. He's over big time. But at what point has that ever meant, let's put the title on him? Because it took a whole lot for them to do that with a guy named Daniel Bryan. Like, he was moving merch. He was getting people to show up. He was getting crazy crowd reactions. The people unanimously loved him at crowds. And I say unanimously. That's hyperbole, obviously. That was special, and it took them being forced into it to do it. With Goldberg, it's like, he's 50? He's in shape? Can't wrestle more than three minutes? Let's do it. Why not? Right, because it's their idea. It's not the people's yeah. idea. They were going to sure. do something big with Goldberg regardless. Daniel Bryan, you know, a B-plus player, tiny Daniel Bryan, was never in their, in their plans to be a, a champion. You know what I mean? Not in the level that, they, that the, the fans made him out to be. There are a lot of people who still think that was a work. And for, for a while, I did. And then I read Daniel Bryan's book, That Ain't a Work. Yeah. That guy, if you read that book, he ain't lying. Not in that book. <laughs> Guys, if you haven't checked out Fightful.com, please do so. All your news, live viewing coverage of uh, – we did WCPW today, Raw, SmackDown, NXT, Lucha Underground, Impact Wrestling. Got that new regime coming up. Of course, I'll be talking to Shane Helms about that this Thursday – Register at Fightful.com. Absolutely free for early access to that. Everything else, you don't even need to be registered for. But go there. Check things out. We got videos, photos, live coverage of pay-per-views. You all can talk to each other. Hatch plots to buy my shirts. (laughs) You know. Raw Tag Team Championship. Enzo Amore sticking to his great selling, which I dare say is becoming more of a strong point for him than his mic work. Yeah, no, I'm I'm sick to death of his mic work. So yeah, uh, his selling is great. Um, I thought it was a turnabout, fair play uh, to have Cesaro and Sheamus come down to ringside, which is how uh, the same thing happened when Enzo and Cass were at ringside, which cost Sheamus and Cesaro their rematch. So that, I like that that's kind of a full circle here, but it was kind of funny that Enzo basically invited them to come down to ringside. And then when they did, Enzo was like, what are you guys doing here? Um, you know, so, okay. You, you, you literally invited them. Uh, I, I, the thing that I loved the most was, you know, the stupid thing of, you got coffee all over me. I'm going to chase you into the ring. But it winds up with Enzo on Cesaro's back with his head right here. And, uh, and then Sheamus bro kicks him in the face. It's like Andy Garcia in the Untouchables. Like taking that one shot with the guy holding the woman hostage. It's perfect. Is The Untouchables better than Pulp Fiction? They're different movies. Uh, but The Untouchables is very good. You know, have you seen The Untouchables? That remains to be seen. Mm-hmm. We'll figure it out. I'll watch it eventually. I bet it's a two and a half hour movie, isn't it? It's two hours, but it's got Sean Connery uh, saying, just. If he puts one of yours in the Borg, if he puts one of yours in the hospital, you put one of his in the Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Great, 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 great movie. I know that line. It's yeah. a hell of a line. 
I'll just say this. Eddie Guerrero and Booker T looked more realistic in their WrestleMania commercial outfits than Samuel L. Jackson and John Travolta did in Pulp Fiction. Uh, Somebody asked what my favorite movie is. Ah, I don't know. Moneyball was a favorite. I liked that. That was a good one. I'd have to really sit down and think about it. Akira Tozawa defeated Mustafa Ali. This was quick and harmless. Tozawa screamed and won. It was Arya Divari. Oh, Arya Divari, my bad. Yeah. My bad. Uh, he and Kendrick talk some trash. They have a match sooner or later, I think. Yeah. Uh, it was basically Tozawa saying, ah, ah, a lot, which, you know, the crowd likes. Uh, he won pretty pretty convincingly. That's good. Um, Kendrick comes out, and Kendrick does his thing, and you know, eventually we'll see something on 205 Live. Uh, uh, it's so interesting to me how we have, at the very tip-top, of the cruiserweight division, such amazing matches and compelling storylines, no matter who evil Neville is working with. But the other match we get on raw is invariably some dog baby, like just nothing. Um, I really wish there was a, a really compelling secondary feud that they could also run on raw, but it's not. There's I, 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 I don't really understand why Kendrick wanted to mentor Tozawa so badly and and why Tozawa just saying no, I don't want that is such a horrible affront to to the Brian Kendrick. It's just uh, that's not compelling to me. Nor was it compelling when Cedric Alexander and Noam Dar were fighting over Alicia Fox. Like give them, uh, I mean, not really a secondary championship, but just something that that matters. I mean, Arya Davari and and Jack Gallagher. That was fun because of the duel and the parlay. Those things were fun, um, but. Jack Gallagher makes lots of things fun by himself. Yeah, we we see a real limitation on that second cruiserweight segment. Yeah. Every week. Every single week. So this was oh, a few seg- one of a couple segments that I just really wasn't that keen on. I mean, it furthered something, so it was effective, I guess. But then you had New Day defeating the Shining Stars. There was ice cream talk there was a match new day one okay i they're putting over putting over their hosting abilities somebody please explain to me how this like how is this better than having them wrestle it seems to me like we're obviously heading towards a uh an enzo and Cass, sheamus and cesaro gallows and anderson three corners match at wrestlemania by hook or by crook we're gonna get there but we're not allowed to have a four corners match because there's only one other team that's allowed to wrestle and they're not allowed to wrestle at, as WrestleMania. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah. Um, I, I just, I don't, I don't get it. It's, it's just not for me. I keep having to tell myself, this is not meant for me. These guys coming out and shilling ice cream and t-shirts. It's not meant for me. And I just have to, I just have to accept the fact that the new day who used to be for me is no longer for me anymore. And I don't know what to, what to add to that. Yeah. We get this women's title situation. Bailey comes out. She she alludes to the fact that she's not happy winning the way that she has been. McFoley's like, yeah, that's okay. Be a cheater. It's cool, man. It doesn't matter how you win. It just matters that you won, says the yeah. babyface general manager. <laughs> ben okay. Henderson. Ben Henderson was a former UFC champion who was the beneficiary of some questionable decisions. And this guy was – a nice dude. He didn't curse. I mean, you can't hate a guy who fights and has a toothpick in his mouth the whole time, then rolls it out of his cheek afterwards. He's got angel wings tattooed on his back. Mm-hmm. And this was him. He says, I don't give a shit if my opponent slips on a banana peel. He's getting in the ring. I win. I win. Yeah. That's Bailey tonight. Uh, Sasha Banks comes out and challenges her buddy. Foley says, hey, sounds good. Charlotte comes out and says, no. I know why you're doing this, Sasha. She she sleuthed this out. She did. And it made sense. Yes. She said that she only did this because it roadblock into the line. That was it. And this was the only way Sasha would get a title shot. Stephanie is out and she agrees. So she books Bailey versus Sasha for right now. Mm-hmm. And if Sasha wins, she gets the title shot. This was a fine segment, I thought. This this was this was okay. Yeah, um, I, I like I liked Charlotte's logic. I, I had forgotten about the stipulation, mostly because I'm so used to them forgetting about these kind of stipulations that uh, if Sasha lost at Roadblock end of the line, that she would never have another shot at the title as long as Charlotte held it. Uh, I had forgotten all about that stipulation, and that little nugget makes the the reasoning that that Charlotte laid out all the more plausible. And I like that. Um, it was so odd to me to have Steph and Mick Foley just yelling at each other from an inch away from each other about, you know, who, how, who's the boss. And I just want to say Tony Danza, Tony Danza's the boss. <laughs> uh, can we all just stop fighting? Um, but this, this whole thing of, of um, Mick says, okay, next week, Sasha versus Charlotte. And the winner of that, gets put in the match at Mania. And then Stephanie's like, no, not that, this other thing. And I was so confused. I didn't realize, I didn't, I didn't put two and two together that it was Sasha versus Bailey tonight for Sasha's part in the Mania match until like two minutes into the actual match itself. I just thought they were making Sasha fight Bailey for no reason. And can we just talk about how that match should have been special? Like the first time that Sasha and Bailey ever yeah, should have been it really should have ever, been ever faced each other on the main roster should have been at a pay per view or at least with an ounce of build. Like this had zero build. 
Like this match could have been at least say next week you're going to do it. Then we have a full week to go, okay, wow, I want to see Bailey and Sasha. But, you know, it's – It should have had build. I mean, even – I remember the first season of Lucha Underground, I particularly liked it because Dario – or maybe it was the second season. I think Tejano wanted a match and Dario Cueto said, no, I'm yeah. not doing that. I got to have time to promote a match like that. Right. It makes sense. I mean, run it the smart way. Make people think. Make people make it make sense. Uh, Stephanie shut down. Well, she didn't shut down the CM Punk chants. They chanted a little bit louder, and then they promptly shut up as she talked, which kind of defeated the purpose of the chant. Then we got Sasha Banks versus Bailey. I thought this was good, fundamentally sound stuff. The only thing is, anytime I see that bank statement or Captain's Hook, I'm like, sit out, y'all. It's not hard because. Nobody ever goes across the body with it. If you're doing that, like you got to go across the body with the weight to make it look like the person can't just sit out to their left side and get out of the move and right. roll on their back. Like that's that's a nice way of doing that. Uh, Kendrick has done it to where he he pushes his weight to the side and makes it look a lot better. Yeah, a lot okay. of it depends on who's taking the bank statement because when Charlotte that's takes true. it, she folds in half and yes. it looks much worse. Um, yeah, this match, there was nothing wrong with this match. It was a sound match. I was just watching it the whole time and saying, why am I watching this on a random Raw? Like, it just... Uh, when you when you go back and watch what they did at TakeOver Brooklyn, and then what they did at TakeOver Respect, and you think to yourself, wow, I can't wait till both of these women are on the main roster, and they have a first one-on-one match. I remember thinking that a year ago. And if you told me then... The, oh, their first one-on-one match is going to be a match on a random Raw before Mania um, with zero build. I would have been like, why would they do that? And I still don't know why they did that. The finish was wonky, too. Uh, newly mute Dana Brooke getting up on the apron to distract the referee. And then Charlotte takes advantage to like try and get in the ring. But then Sasha kicks back into the ring. Center of the ring, tap out was just this weird thing of... I don't know. The whole thing just felt weird to me, and I didn't want it to. I wanted it to be more momentous. I have to address a fantastic comment on our YouTube. East CW says that one of Matt Riddle's new signatures needs to be the dank statement. <laughs> That's good. And that, that is phenomenal. That is phenomenal. I got to give you credit there. Yeah, this should have been saved, but uh, Sasha Banks won. I thought it was a good match. Charlotte attacked afterwards. Their match, which will probably also have Nia Jax, is going to be fantastic. Right. I think they're going to go guano I, crazy. I was surprised match. that Nia didn't run in and beat the crap out of both Bailey and Sasha and say, I, I deserve to be in this match. I'm the most dominant woman. You know, the fact that she wasn't on this Raw at all, to me, seems like they're trying to push her to the side and not have her in that match. It's going to be a triple threat and not a four-way. But I don't know. They lost. She lost last night at Fastlane. She didn't. She didn't show up at all tonight. Seems like they're trying to push her to the side. But I hope not because she would add a, a really cool element to that four-way. Slick Flair asks a couple of questions over at Fightful.com on the podcast page. Head over there, you guys, as well. Are Nia Jax and Braun Strowman being punished for something? Nope. Uh, will they make uh, WWE tag titles for women? No, they will not. No. Not anytime soon. No time soon. We had a Triple H segment. They showed Seth Rollins rehabbing. They, they put over his rehab. My biggest concern is this has really delayed the finals of the WWE Madden tournament. 
<laughs> for the second straight year. Yeah. Second straight year. Triple H is live via satellite backstage, actually, and yep. puts over WWE's medical care, says that Rollins has to tell everybody he's the man because nobody believes it. Alex, they are really positioning this as a call-out instead of a match. Yep. Yeah. The, the, it seems to me like they're really playing it up as though it's not going to be a match. It's going to be a segment where, where Seth Rollins comes out to the ring and says, I'm calling you out, Triple H. Um. But that's that's fine, I guess, if you, if you don't believe that he's going to be healthy. Positioning it as such as something else is interesting. Uh, I don't know what what happens because of it. Um, it seems like they're giving they're giving Samoa Joe something else to do. For the well, time I mean, yeah, you know what's you know what happens. I mean, Rollins doesn't wrestle in April, May, and June. He wrestles probably Samoa Joe. Mm-hmm. They sideline him maybe in July, and then at SummerSlam they'll they may bring back Triple H. Finally, give you a Triple H Seth Rollins match. About yeah. a year and a half a later year, than they wanted. A year after, yeah. a year after he screwed Seth Rollins. Yep. Samoa Joe defeated Chris Jericho via countout. They are really burning through these first time WWE matches for Samoa Joe, like yeah. like real quick. They have a quick back and forth match until Joe puts Jericho in the Kikina clutch on the floor for the countout win. Maybe Joe steals the Berserker countout gimmick here. That's, beats everybody by countout. I'm cool with it. Fine. I, th- that's fine. That, that is a way to win a match. It is yes. somehow deemed unethical or, you know, or cowardly, but there's a reason why a countout is a thing. So, yeah. so putting your opponent to sleep on the outside for 10 or more seconds and then getting back in, that's a perfectly fine way to win a match. And if Samoa Joe is the only one smart enough to realize that, I'm cool with it. You know, that's a really great way of doing stuff. You know, I mean, I, I honestly think that uh, people like Nia Jax or Braun Strowman should also try doing that. Put a dude through an announce table and just walk back into the ring and sit there until he until they count him out. You know, just do it. Do it with as little effort as possible for when you're a, when you're a big monster heel. You know, well, when Berserker used to do it, he would fucking atomic whip them over the top <laughs> rope yeah <laughs> and hit there i don't know how he was allowed to do that yeah jericho hits a code breaker back in the ring guys i've mentioned uh registering a fightful.com i'm gonna start a show that i do probably no defined time maybe i'll have alex join me or something like that it really depends on the situation but that will only be for members we will never release them We've had some people pitch some ideas like like an anything but fighting podcast where we don't talk wrestling or MMA, where I guess I just get harassed relentlessly over my taste in movies. I don't know. We might do that. Like Whatever you all want, get at me. We'll figure it out. Also, send me questions on Twitter. I'm interviewing Jim Ross tomorrow for the site, so pass along some questions for that. You know, Jim Ross, big fan of Fightful. Main event segment. Braun Strowman wants Roman Reigns now. Yeah. Didn't get him. Nope. Nope. He he called out Roman Reigns, and instead he got the Undertaker's dong. He sure did. He got the Undertaker's dong real firm. Real hard. And the Undertaker, the crowd's chanting, holy shit. Yeah. Yeah, The the crowd wanted that. 
That's what yeah. that crowd wanted. They were they were all for it. They were like, holy crap, because there was something interesting to me. This must have been a technical error. But but when Braun, Braun called out Roman, Roman's music played for like two seconds and then the dong hit. And I was like, oh my God, did did Undertaker just just take out Reigns in the back and say, no, I want you, big hoss. Yeah, I was thinking he got dong slapped. Yeah, that was a uh, show. Yeah, but the thing for me is that you have Braun standing in the ring, looking at Taker, and then he backs out of the ring and he walks away through the crowd because he wants no part of Undertaker. After having lost clean as a whistling sheet to Roman Reigns yesterday, I don't like what they're doing with Braun right now. Now, this could turn into something out of this, but he comes out, he says, Roman, I want you. Come to the ring. I'm going to beat the crap out of you. I don't even need a match. I'm like, okay, great. He's getting his heat back. And there's no colder thing to do to a dude than have him back away slowly from a man who's as brittle as The Undertaker is. Even with all The Undertaker's you know, uh, mystique and everything. It just felt wrong. When Roman came out later... I thought that Braun was going to blindside Roman and get his heat back that way. Roll him into the ring. Let Taker take care of him. Something. But there was nothing with Braun. And that's why I didn't like this segment. For the second straight week, a face-off with a 40-plus-year-old man and Braun Strowman got holy shit chance. Yep. Or this is awesome chance. When Roman Reigns shows up, the crowd chanted Roman sucks. Yeah. So either way... The Undertaker, the big dong is protecting his yard. And then the big dog comes out. And he, I, I did like that he said, this is my yard now. Yeah. And I've, I've seen some hilarious things pitched that, <laughs> that Roman Reigns should beat The Undertaker and steal his powers. <laughs> and keep it. I was like, shit, he's starting to look more like The Undertaker like yeah. every week. Yeah. Now, he I, doesn't tan anymore. He doesn't do any of that. I liked that uh, he... He says, you know, this is my yard. He's like, he, wait, he, Braun came out and he called me out. What are you doing out here? This is my yard now. And the, the crowd was chanting Roman sucks, but it almost for a second sounded like they were chanting, no, it's not. No, it's not. It's not your yard. <laughs> Which I honestly hope that's what it was. Uh, listen, this was all well and good. And I like that, that Taker got the choke slam on Reigns. But as... As Taker was walking down to the ring and Braun was standing there, I was like, please be a triple threat. Please be a triple threat. Please be a triple threat. Make this into something that allows Braun to have that major part on the stage as well because that protects Taker. Taker can, can hide out on the outside of the ring during triple threat and not have to work very long. You can still, get, you can still have Roman get put over at the end of that match, but like just having Braun win the Andre the Giant battle – Royal is not enough for me. Not after what he's done the past, you know, eight months. He's been, he's improved too much. And he's like, at, at, that match he had last night at, at Fastlane was so great. People were like, he can't even work 10 minutes. No, he worked 17. Yeah. It was like one of the longest matches on the show. He looked great. He was still going strong when he, and like the height that he got, like that guy's so athletic. The, the height that he got on that splash that, you know, where there was no water in the pool. That's amazing. That was amazing. This guy's so great. You, you can use him. You don't have to just have him fade into the background and get Rybacked or Rusevd and, and in, lose all of his powers. I mean, is this the guy who two years from now is getting beat 
in uh, an impromptu match at Fastlane, just getting knocked out while he's propped up against the turnbuckle. You know, I just don't want that to happen to this guy. He's he's too special, I think. So Undertaker choke slams Roman. We go off the air. Looks like that's that's the thing. And I don't know why Braun's not involved, but if I were WWE and I don't put him in this match, I would have him eliminate every single person from the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal. I really I've always wanted the the Mark Henry scenario I always talk about where for weeks he says this would mean something to me. This would mean something to me. And he eliminates somebody and retires. That ain't happening. He, he isn't on TV right now. It's not happening. So I want Braun to eliminate every single person. Somebody asks where we think Finn Balor fits in at WrestleMania. He might not, but he might not. He does fit, he does fit into this Triple H, Samoa Joe. That'd be interesting. The, the thing about it is that it's so weird because he gives up the title. The guy who injured him is now a babyface, mm-hmm. and this, it's really hard to have your revenge on the guy who's on your same alignment. Um, and also, if we, we think it's going to happen, it's going to happen, and they put the title on Brock, I don't think Finn's getting a shot at the Universal title. So it's a weird thing, but I don't know when the next time he's going to get close to that major title is uh, on, on Raw. Somebody says Balor versus Braun could be good. Yeah, that could be interesting. But yeah, uh, it would be really fun. I don't know. I don't know I what would, they I would want to do with it. But I would um, want Braun Strowman to beat him. Yes. Um, the other thing is they keep they keep saying that they're going to do another draft after Mania. They if Balor winds up going to SmackDown, you're going to have to worry about that. You can have Balor you know, compete for that title over there. Um, there is one Poor Gallows thing- and Anderson. If that happens. Oh yeah, there there is uh, one thing from tonight that we missed, and that was the vignette Emma for Emma, that they're now vignetting Emma, and so I wrote on Twitter one down, sixteen to go. Uh, oh yeah, uh, the fact that they that they spent all that time turning her from evil Emma into Emmalina, and are now going to spend probably just as long, or at least six weeks until after Mania. Turning her back from Emelina into Emma is just, it's peak WWE. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> Guys, hit me up on Twitter, at Sean Rossap. Tell me what kind of podcast you want. Like, it, it'll probably be like a Friday podcast or something, a day when I have a little bit of free time. For registered Fightful members only, it's always free. It'll never cost you a dime, no credit card required. But I want to give you a little more incentive to register. Like I said, anything. If y'all want us to talk about birds, we might do it. We might do it. I had a big Impact Wrestling update on the site today. Head over to Fightful.com under our exclusive section. Check that out. Now, this is going to have some spoilers. So if you're looking forward to Impact Wrestling and don't want spoilers, GTFO. Also, before you GTFO, subscribe to us, YouTube, iTunes, Stitcher. Do all that. (laughs) <laughs> Alberto El Patron wasn't champion. He wasn't named Alberto De Patron either. They they messed up on his <laughs> they on his sure tribe. They they messed it up. With the Hardy Boys out of the picture, tag titles were vacated. The Hardys offered to drop the tag titles, but TNA wanted to sign them to like a several month deal to where they wouldn't be on TV until after yeah this stuff aired. And the Hardys were like, no. Then they wanted, and before that, they even wanted to get them for two years, and they weren't willing. 
Uh, Ed Nordholm apparently told, said to them, go see what WWE wants. That wasn't a good move. Nope. Um, I was told that the idea to change from TNA to only Impact Wrestling, everybody loved it. And yeah. that the main proponent of keeping it TNA was Dixie Carter because she wanted to keep the history behind yeah. the name. The legacy of TNA. The legacy, I was told. Um, there, and I was, uh, another thing I heard a lot was, well, they're bringing back a lot of names, but there are a lot of names that helped us find success before Hogan and Bischoff showed up. I like that. Vince Russo was not one of them. He was contacted by Jeff Jarrett because Jeff wanted to know comparatively what kind of numbers his show did to Pritchard's. Huh. Russo told him he decided to not do it. Uh, Russo told me that he's just he's trying to get a job at his old college. He wants to work in higher education and isn't going to be doing that. But I know that Russo moving to Indiana turned a lot of people's heads, and they were like, uh-oh, what's going on here? Um, but uh, Vince isn't working with him. I was also told EC3 and Moose were highly regarded, which some, I, I, it shouldn't have been a surprise. But, I mean, these, these guys came in and they blew up anything they didn't like. Like DCC, blew it up. Yep. Didn't like it. Gone. Uh, Pro Wrestling Sheet, Ryan Satin reported that Jeff Jarrett met with Spike executive Scott Fishman. Scott Fishman is at a lot of tapings. And there, I think Brian Fritz said something like, no, this absolutely wasn't. Listen – Spike can issue all the statements they want. That does not keep Fishman and Jarrett from discussing it. That discussion happened. It did happen. And Impact wants on HD like everywhere they are. Like for DirecTV, they don't have HD coverage. Really hard to put over a wrestling product in 2017 if you're not on HD. I had guys tell me that they were not excited going into the tapings, but as the tapings ended – that tune kind of changed a little bit, especially with the shorter tapings. That seemed to help out a lot of people. That was another another uh, positive. Big John Gaborik was instrumental in pushing a lot of the names that rose to prominence over the past several years, so those people really liked him. But a lot of other people thought that the people that he was hiring were too similar to the people that they had found success with. There was no, no variety. Uh, Big John is not on creative. He's manning the gorilla position now. Also, uh, I was told that some of the new names, cautiously optimistic. The word reset was used a lot. Uh, like I said, they blew up DCC. They didn't want it. They wanted J- James Storm in his old role. I mean, these are the guys that believed in James Storm for years. So why wouldn't they? There were a couple of enhancement talents that weren't flown in, and, uh, including one that took like a day and a half bus ride to get there and lose a couple matches. Wow. That's kind of, yeah. ODB was brought back because she made a good impression at the deletion tapings, and Jeff Jarrett likes her. And they wanted to capitalize on the cult followings of uh, Santana Garrett, Leva Bates, Rachel Ellering. They did the knockouts one night only show. LAX is back. It does not have Hernandez or Machete or like Apollo. Um, it has Conan, Homicide, Angel Ortiz, Mike Drastic, and Angel Rose, who got a new name. Hernandez caused some problems for TNA in 2015, so he's not coming back. Shelly Martinez had one of the worst matches in wrestling history last year with Rebel, I think. Did you see that? Was it Rebel? Do you know? I don't remember that one. It was bad. It was real bad. She ain't back. And Machete's out of wrestling. Uh, Also, Conan got into it with a fan and had to be 
like I don't want to say admonished backstage, but he was told that that it's not going to fly here. Hmm. Garza Jr. and Laredo Kid, they were uh, brought in as part of the crash deal. So there you go. The suicide character was brought back. Caleb Conley uh, played that as reported by Pro Wrestling Sheet. This is because they wanted to give that X Division some depth, and that was just somebody who people would see, and they'd go, oh, remember that character. I remember that. Remember that. Yeah. Several guys from the Monster Factory with the tapings. Impact has their eye on a lot of people from that training center, and they reached out for contact info for a guy named Matthew Riddle. Hmm. Don't know if he can do it, but he revealed that on our podcast last week. He really doesn't care about whose business he pulls the covers on, guys. Go watch that show whenever we have it. Bruce Pritchard, uh, that that return, it's so funny because the person that I talked to about this said, if they would have announced, if this would have happened a year ago, people would have hated it. But because of how much buzz he has generated with this show, everybody thought it was a great idea for all involved. That's why he's an on-screen character because they are capitalizing on his success as they should. Alberto El Patron was reportedly a joy to deal with backstage, if you can believe that. <laughs> That's interesting. Yeah. <laughs> I think he's just out. He's out from under the uh, WWE auspices, and he's like, okay, this is a new environment. I'm going to try something new. That's cool. Grado, Jesse Goddard, Aiden O'Shea, Robbie E., Aaron Rex, not the tapings. Aaron Rex was at a movie filming. Robbie E. was in Japan. <laughs> uh, one of my favorite quotes was, they didn't bring back Jesse Goddard's, but Mahabali Shera is still here. <laughs> and when I said, well, expand on that, they said, well, Jesse has a following. So mm-hmm. there you go with that. Uh, the attitude with all the names they brought in is that they were redistributing the money that they were going to pay Galloway and the Hardys and got more talent for that because they were able to trade like four or five names for like eight or nine names. So, uh, that wasn't looked down upon. Jade, Mike, Bennett, Maria are all gone. And a longtime employee told me that Maria may have been one of the more underrated losses to impact. Jade, I would be surprised if WWE doesn't show some interest in her. They should. They should. She's young, yes. too. She's like 27. The Hardy family and uh, Galloway negotiations left a bad taste in the mouth of a lot of talent because – these guys weren't even negotiated with until about a week out because they had to deal with office stuff. And this made some talent feel like they were valuing the office over the talent and not allowing the Hardys to drop the titles. That was looked down upon. Slammiversary will run July 2nd and impact tapes April 20 through 23rd, 2 through 6, and August 17 through 20. So your boy bringing you the goods on Impact Wrestling. And uh, we're not doing like a central topic on this week's Shane show. I got to talk to him about this stuff, obviously. This was a giant week in Impact Wrestling. Go check that out, guys. He's another guy. doesn't care who he upsets. Very outspoken. Uh, we released those shows on Friday to, non- or to members only, and then a few days later they go up for non-members. Damn. Alex. Yeah. We got a Raw that, in my opinion, was better than Pulp Fiction. Oh, oh no. Oh, no, no, sir. I cannot let that slide. Hardy's did the <laughs> WWE Medical School. I just want to slip it in there. Um, but anyway. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, I, had to, no. I had to say something controversial to slip something in. Anyway, what you got going on? What's What's up? <laughs> 
the dad of a one-month-old. That's what's going on in my life. I'm not working for Fightful. I'm changing diapers or feeding or whatever. But uh, I wouldn't trade it because she's she's my world. It's sappy, but it's true. And uh, but yeah, it's it's it's, it's anybody knows it's, sappy. It's yeah, me. It's true. Yeah, that's true. Uh, it's a uh, it's a second full time job. I get like four to five hours of sleep a night. It's overrated. Sleep is overrated, man. Yeah. Fightful.com, all your wrestling news, photos, galleries, MMA news, photo galleries, podcasts from fighters, from journalists, from businessmen, from actors, like anybody, any aspect you can think of. Go register. It would mean a lot. Also, leave us a nice review on iTunes. I can't tell you how much that stuff helps us. Also, thank you guys. You got me to 5,000 followers. That means a lot. It warmed my little heart, you guys. But also means it you're going to be giving away a set of nail clippers. Yeah, I'm giving away a set of toenail clippers. I'm going to sign them. They're totally used. That's what we're going to do. I think at 10,000, I'm going to give away the guitar. Woo! 10,000. I'll get the guitar. Anything else? Oh, Jimmy Van Show probably tomorrow afternoon. If you all want to take a peek behind the curtain of wrestling media, wrestling journalism, running a site, we do a lot of that. He really doesn't care what we talk about. After SmackDown, I'm with Jeff Hawkins, the award-winning Jeff Hawkins. Wednesdays, I don't know what I got going on Wednesday right now. I know I'll be with Sean Pearson that night because Showdown Joe's out of town. Thursday, usually reserved for the Matt Riddle broadcast. It's going to be Shane Helms this week and Matt Riddle on Friday. Guys, follow Alex at Palowski the fourth. Follow me at Sean Rossap. Follow our Twitter handles right down here and like us on Facebook. Tell your friends about Fightful.com. Also, get at us on Twitter. We love interacting with you all. Yes. We like fun. it. Yeah. We want to be as nice and cuddly to you guys as we possibly can. <laughs> Till next time, we're out. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.